Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hey, good afternoon. Happy Saturday. Welcome to, once again, a very special broadcast of the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. We are live. We are streaming. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and soon to be, ready for this, on some channels like Rumble, Daily Motion, and who knows whatever else we can find that accepts our stream. We are expanding. Last week, if you guys didn't know this, YouTube sent out this very nice message to say, Dear Dr. Ernst, your videos titled Cancer Cures are now flagged and being removed because you're misleading people. Again, you got to remember, Dr. Google thinks cancer can't be cured, but can you work on this? And I got to be careful that I don't say too much because they're going to delete this video. So the whole point of us expanding our spectrum of throw is so that we can still come at you with some of the best information in regards to your health, your happiness, your healing. And today's topic is debunking common myths about blood pressure. We're in this series for heart health. If you did not see last week's special stream, my goodness, you need to download it now. Where do you find it? Well, you can go to iTunes, type in the phrase, ask Dr. Ernst, and you'll hear our podcast. You can head on over to Facebook and scroll through the feed to the Saturday last, which I think was the 20th, if I remember right. And you can you know watch it there. Until Google takes it down, you can go to youtube.com slash Ernst, and all of our shows are there. But I'm telling you, we blew the lid on this misconception about cholesterol last week. This week, I'm going to blow the lid on the misconceptions about blood pressure. And you're going to see that what you've been told, this 120 over 80, and if you have anything greater than that, you need a medication, a blood pressure pill, a calcium channel blocker, a beta blocker, a diuretic. I mean, I hate to say it. There are so many medications for your heart. So we got to dive deep. And I want to make sure in the same fashion that I did this last time, what you've been told is a flat lie. Okay. And I'm going to tell you to this way. People think good, healthy blood pressure is 120 over 80. And you're going to learn all during our show today, special show, right? That everything I'm discussing is inside a free ebook that we're giving away to you at any point during the show above or below, depending upon what stream you're on, is a link that will take you to a page that says, please type your name, phone number, and email in it, and you'll get the ebook for free and you'll get access to a heart disease, blood pressure, cholesterol, palpitations, arrhythmias, whatever masterclass that I'm hosting Saturday, February 10th. And given that today is the 27th, I mean, my gosh, can you believe it's the last Saturday of January already? Where did the month go? So in a couple weeks, we're shifting into February. It's heart health month. So the theme is you can fix your heart yourself. If you have high blood pressure, pay attention today. You're going to learn how to fix it. If you had high cholesterol, uh, go to the last week's show, listen to it, and you're going to have your mind blown. We've even had listeners already texting in and emailing in going, nobody ever told me that. I had no clue. So think about this today. Ready? 
blood pressure. What you've been told is a flat out lie. 120 over 80 is not the normal. It is some people's normal. And we're going to have to go deep and we're going to have to learn some basic statistics. Let's see if I can hold this up. Enter what I believe is called a Gaussian bell curve. It's basically a concept that if you have enough people run through some type of a test and you were to measure it and graph it, you would get a standard bell curve, which shows the average median 120 over 80. And now what I have to teach you guys, these things called SDs, standard deviations. Are you a plus one standard, a plus two standard, a plus three standard, or a minus one, minus two, minus three? And I know what you're thinking. Oh my gosh, Dr. Ernst, like seriously, I'm gonna have to do math. Take a deep breath. This isn't that complicated. All you need to know is the understanding that what you've been told healthy and normal blood pressure is, is what it is just for some people. I'll give you an example. I am a known plus one deviant. What does that mean? Ready? If 120 over 80 is considered normal and healthy, then a plus one is someone who clicks over and they're actually at 130 over 90 to 95 and that is their normal. How do I know that's my normal deviation? Because every single time I run my blood pressure, I see 130, 131, 130, 132, 133, 131, 132, 133. I have never seen a 110 or a 119 or a 120 for me. And my diastolic is always in the 85 to 90 to 95 range. So if I'm like 130, I'm usually at like 92 or 93. And that to some people would be, oh my gosh, you have high blood pressure. Now, what if you're a plus two and you're in the 135 to 140 range? So again, standard average 120 over 80 a plus 0.5, a plus one, a plus 1.5, a plus two. Hey, look, a plus two could be 140 over 100. Oh my gosh, you're going to die. You have super high blood pressure. Not necessarily. You might be a plus two standard deviant. Now the statistics are out. Ready for this, guys? The majority, which I think is weird because 70% supposedly is the majority, are 120 over 80. No, I'm sorry, 60% if I'm doing the math right. I gotta do the math in my head. 32, five, one, that's six, that's 38, so 38, 62. 62% of people, 62, I'm gonna write it right here. 62%, 62% of people when they get their blood pressure measured are 120 over 80 normals. Okay, is it a lot? Yeah, but, but what about everybody else? Okay, the research is very clear. You can be a plus one, 130 over 90 to 95, or you can be a minus one. This is my wife, guys, she's a minus one. You know what this means? 110 over 70 to 75. My wife has never had blood pressure that's normal. Never have I seen a 120 over 80 on her to save her life. It's always 100, 105, 110, somewhere in that range, over like 65 to 70. And even our, our physician is like, you know, like you're lucky you got really low blood pressure. No, it's normal for her. Okay, so 100 to 110. She's like a plus one, or sorry, a minus one, meaning you go low minus plus high. 
Okay, so my wife is a negative one. I'm a positive one. Isn't that nice how God put us together? Because we become, anyway, you'll get the idea. So ready? What are you? Now, if you take a medication, you can't say, well, I've run my blood sugar, my blood pressure five times. I'm 115 over 75. Therefore, I'm, no, because you're medicating. You're making the numbers wrong. You have to be unmedicated and you got to be checking your pressures regularly and getting your average for you and you alone, nobody else. Run a thousand blood pressures on yourself over the next month. Take the average and there's you. Now, if you're going at 110 over 70, like my wife, that's a minus 0.5 to minus one. So guess what? For her, that's normal. If you do mine, 130 to 135 over 90 to 95, I'm a plus one. I hope you get this because maybe this sets you free with the idea that your doctor's like, hey, Mary, John, Jane, Jack, Jill, whoever you are, you have high blood pressure. You must take medication. Eh, ask them, hey, doc, so do you think I'm a plus one or plus two standard deviation on the Gaussian curve for blood pressure? They're going to look at you and go, huh? What? How do you know about that? And get out of my office because I don't have the time to explain or teach. Here's lisinopril. Here's HCTZ. Here's Lasartan. Like, oh my gosh, they just throw pills at people. So if you want the secret, step number one, you've got to find out, are you just a standard deviation above or below? Maybe your blood pressure is 140 over 95 and you're a plus two. Now, statistics say this, ready? 62% of Americans will average 120 over 80. 32% of Americans will average 130 over 90 to 95 or 110 over 75. That's me and my wife. We are in a 32% group. Now watch this. 5% of Americans will be a two plus or a two minus deviation, which means 140 over 100 is still their normal, but only 5%. And watch this, 1%, these are the rare guys, will be like 150 over 110, and it's their normal, but it's rare. But let me ask you a question. How many Americans live in the United States? Let, you know what, let me get like fresh, like to today. All right, let's go to Dr. Google. We love Dr. Google, don't we? How many Americans uh, in U.S. today? Guys, we're live, so you know, just bear with me for a second, okay? It says, as of like, boom, census is loading, refreshing, loading. Uh, oh, it's not quite up to date. So I'm on the U.S. census gov, 334,914,895 people, okay? Time for just basic math, guys. 32%, so I have, I'm gonna round, 335 million. Okay, ready? 32% of these people, which is 107 million, are plus one or minus one, and they're fine. We got 107 million Americans that have high blood pressure, and there's nothing wrong with them. Now watch this, 5%, right? Okay, 335 million times 0.05. There are 660, oh, they put the E9. Don't you hate when the calculator does this? An E9, right? So there's, I don't know, what, 600,000 maybe? No, less than that. Yes, 60,000. So watch this, 60,000 people or somewhere in that range. So if you get my point with this, you could be the oddball who's healthy. 
at the range the doctor's saying is unhealthy. So if you are walking around today thinking, oh my God, I'm a 130 to 135 over 90 to 95 to 100, and I'm about to be a ticking time bomb for my heart, maybe not. You need to find out if you're a plus one, plus two, or plus three, or minus one, minus two, minus three. Does that make sense? Okay, so now, what if you do find out, wait a minute, my pressure is a little high, and wait a minute, maybe I don't want to take a medication to fix this because they're extremely toxic, they shred your kidneys to pieces, they can cause liver damage, they can do all kinds of things to you. How do we go about this naturally? And I want to break the myths behind this thing called blood pressure and teach you where all of this comes from, okay? Myth number one that I need to debunk. You can eat your way to better blood pressure, meaning if you cut out salts and cut out fats, your pressure will get better. No, it won't. Okay, you got to be careful. Let me go through some basic myths. We talked about this last week. A lot of people think you have to eat heart-healthy fats like margarine and Crisco and canola and all the oils that are supposedly heart-healthy. I went deep into this last week. I'll hold the graph up again. If you want to know what fats will destroy your heart and make your blood pressure high, just look at the bad fat list, and you can eat these and expect your pressures to go up and your cholesterol and your triglycerides, and your heart will start to shut down on you. Canola, soy, sunflower, corn, safflower, grapeseed, margarine, cottonseed, peanut. There's the list. Three, two, one, switching. What do we need? We need the goods. We need to do the good fats. Good fats lower blood pressure. Starting from the bottom, fish oil, olive oil, avocado, coconut, coconut milk, ghee. You know what ghee is? Ghee is butter that's been clarified, so they remove some of the fats and proteins to make it a more concentrated butter. Ghee is butter with some of the fats and proteins removed. Tallow. Oh my God. Someone texted us last week, said, what is tallow? Tallow is fat that comes off of beef or other animals, bones and their meats. So think of it as like beef fat and then butter. Okay. Now, do we want these to be grass-fed sources? Do we want them to be organic? All the above. Someone pointed out last week that eggs are not a fat. I don't know what planet you live on, but eggs have a lot of fat in them. So eggs are a healthy fat. They also have a lot of protein. Okay. So the first thing, the myth is that you have to get rid of heart destroying fats, butter, canola, or sorry, corn. Uh, sorry, said it again. Butter, tallow, ghee, coconut, avocado, olive. Like how many of you have heard coconut oil can make your blood pressure go up and make your heart destroyed? Google will say that. But in reality, the bad fats are what cause this. Canola, soy, sunflower, corn, safflower, grapeseed, margarine, cottonseed, peanut. I know what you guys are going to say. I thought grapeseed was healthy, Dr. Ernst. Like it's a, it's labeled as heart healthy. Yeah, who put the label on it? The food industry. Grapeseed is dangerous when you cook with it. I don't use it personally. I get rid of it. So are all fats bad causing high blood pressure? No. Not all fats are made equal. We know the ones that cause it are the saturated plant seed fats, and the ones that fix it are the more healthier, what I'll call them, fatty fish, salmon, omega-3s, the oils that are plant-saturated that are healthy, avocado, coconut, etc. All right, diet myth number two, you have to get rid of salt in order for your blood pressure to go down. 
Now, this is like a split myth. There's truth to the myth in the word salt, but that doesn't mean you have to get rid of all salts. We have some people who will say, hey, my doctor said don't eat any salt, so can I put Himalayan salt on my food? Yes. Can I use mineral salts, the Celtics and the Grays? Yes. Now, what is the big deal behind white table salt? And why is this the salt that you must avoid like the plague? And I wish a medical doctor would say, Mary Jane, Jack, Susie, John, whatever your name is, you need to stop using chemically produced synthetic white table salt. That would be good advice. And here's why. Today, chemical salt is not salt you would find like out in the environment. It is man-made produced. In fact, it's so fake that we have to add things to it so it doesn't hurt you like iodine and other things because it used to be thought Americans aren't getting enough iodine. They eat a lot of salt, so if I put iodine in their salt, they'll get enough iodine and we'll solve this thing called goiters because back in the 20s and 30s, people were getting goiters like crazy. A goiter is an enlargement of your thyroid gland when you don't have enough iodine in your diet. And interestingly enough, we have learned it wasn't because there wasn't enough in diet. It was because we destroyed the food industries and got rid of all the iodine from the food that we used to have before the 20s. And when we industrialized farming, we got rid of iodine. And now we say we need to add iodine to salt because you eat salt. Here's the problem with sodium chloride as a white table salt. Number one, it's heavily processed, bleached, and chemically created. You don't go out to a salt mine and find sodium chloride in its raw form as 100%. Okay, it doesn't exist in nature that way. We do know that in the body, sodium chloride splits apart and becomes a sodium molecule and a chloride molecule. And it's the sodium that causes the problem because it causes fluid retention, which will increase blood pressure, but it also can double your risks for heart failure, increase your risks for obesity, raise your risks of developing type 2 diabetes. High sodium is a big problem. We've discovered that salt also aggravates autoimmune diseases, causing pro-inflammatory macrophages, specifically TH17, IL-17, and Tregs, if you even know what this stuff is, causing more problems. We know it makes you get bloated. This is sodium salts now, right? White table salt, the stuff you find at the restaurants that they add rice to because they don't want it to get stuck together in cake. That stuff is dangerous. Those little tear packets that they give you with your to-go foods, right, that you crack and you pour the salt on your food, toxic and dangerous. It causes water retention, fluid retention, ankle swelling, bloating, can lead to kidney stones. And the challenge is, even if you're not salting your food with white table salt, every packaged and processed food is doing it for you. They don't use Himalayan salt. They don't use Celtic salts. They don't use mineral salts. They use synthetically produced white table salt. So where are most of us getting white table salt from? Ready? From the packaged foods and the processed foods you eat. 11% of salt intake in the United States actually comes from people who are shaking salt on their food. Only 11%. 70 to 90 something percent of it is found in processed foods, meaning the things you're buying. Dr. Ernst, what is it that I'm buying that's so salted? Chips, bread, cheese, 
processed meats, crackers, cereal, canned items, soups, beans, sauces, etc., condiments, salad dressings, ketchups, gravies, uh, bouillon cubes, stocks, like broths and things to this effect. Soy sauce is like very, 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 very salty. Salted foods, nuts and seeds, pickled foods, pizzas, packaged noodles, prepared foods, frozen foods. Should I keep going? The list is really long. Okay, so what kind of salt actually makes your blood pressure get better? Drum roll, please. Salt that is more than just sodium chloride. Have you heard of mineralized salts? Himalayan's a great one. By volume, Himalayan salt is 80% mineral-based salts. It has sodium chloride, so just be warned. A bit of it is sodium chloride, but there's potassium chloride, iodine chloride, ferrous chloride, lithium chloride, all the magnesium chloride. There's all the other minerals connected to the chlorine. If you're consuming 100% sodium chloride, white table salt, now you see why it's such a big deal. You don't have the other minerals to buffer it out. So Himalayan salt, believe it or not, mineral salt, the pink stuff, it's pink because of the iron, the ferrous chlorides, is good for your heart and will lower your blood pressure. What? I can take a lot of salt, salt my food, salt my water, physically take a salt pill. Yes, if it's mineralized Himalayan or what's called Celtic salts. Now, here's the thing. I like the mineral salts, meaning the red. Redmond's is a good version. Himalayan salt's a good version. Is there a Celtic salt? Yes, but it's kind of like grayish because it has different mineral blends. It doesn't have as much of the iron salts inside of it. Are there sea salts? Yes, but they're white because they're mostly uh, other minerals that come from the ocean, iodinized chloride, etc., and they're less in the iron-based salts. Technically, if you're going to talk about the salt of all salts, in my opinion, it's Himalayan salt. Why? It is from a fossilized uh, rock. It's basically mined. It's dug into. We find these salt bands, and we grind the salt out of it, and it's from the ground. Okay, so it's like ancient, back in the day. It is extremely high in minerals and has the largest spectrum of minerals of all salts. This is why when you use Himalayan salt, your blood pressure goes down versus when you use sodium chloride salt and your pressure goes up. Himalayan salts are alkalinizing, meaning they counteract the acidities of your diet and help you to buffer your body. And there are studies showing that mineral salts, Redmond's and Himalayan red, can lower blood pressure. How cool is that? So can you salt your food and lower your blood pressure? Yes. The myth, though, says to death of all salts. Destroy the salts if you want to lower your blood pressure. No, they have it wrong. Okay? Now, here's the other issue. So we talked about fats. We talked about salts. We have to talk about carbs. You have been told whole grains are healthy for your heart. Whole grain diets can lower blood pressure. No, whole grain diets cause inflammation, which raises blood pressure. Be careful. If your diet has an endorsement from the American Heart Association, the American Blood Pressure Association, if there is such a thing, the American Dairy Association, or the American Medical Association, throw it away, burn it, and run as far as you can because they're going to say low salt, low fat, high grain diet. Like think of DASH, right? What is the DASH diet? It is get rid of the salts, don't eat fats, and focus on grains. So it's a problem.
All carbs are not equal though, so be careful. I'm not saying get rid of carbohydrates. I'm saying get rid of whole grains. What's a whole grain? Oats, corn, rice, wheat. It's all inflammation. We talked about this last week. If you want your blood pressure to go, or sorry, your cholesterol to go down, stop eating grains. Also, the issue with grains is they're heavily sprayed in the United States today with a chemical called glyphosate. And guess what happens if I go back to Dr. Google now? Glyphosate and high blood pressure. Okay, you can Google it too if you want. We are live. So uh, what do we see right here? What heart health problems are related to glyphosate? Glyphosate can increase blood pressure. I said plain as day. Look at that. The association between coronary artery disease and glyphosate exposure found in pesticide factory workers. This is 2017, guys. The Journal of Public Health and Emergency. Title, the association between coronary artery disease, heart disease, and glyphosate exposure. Uh, big problem. Echocardiographic abnormalities associated with acute glyphosate toxicity. See, they are going to talk to you in words you're going to say, echo what, oh, what do you An echocardiographic is how they look at your heart like an echocardiogram. It's a special heart test. Abnormalities in an echocardiogram would be things like arrhythmias, palpitations, and tachycardic or bradycardic events. What are they saying? We see things equal to a left bundle branch block if you have glyphosate in your body. So what do grains give us? Glyphosate. Guys, I'm just reading, like literally, right off the internet. Virginia study yields strong evidence between herbicides, which would be things like glyphosate, and high blood pressure. Wow. Plain as day. December 13th, 2016. This is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. This is research.va.gov. Guys, this is public information, and you don't know this? Title, VA study yields strong evidence of ties between herbicides and high blood pressure in Vietnam-era vets. So, wait a minute. The Vietnam War was way before glyphosate came around. Now, why are they doing Vietnam vets? Because the vets go to the VA and they get free care there. So they're testing the vets and a lot of them have high blood pressure. And now they're finding out uh, it's the glyphosate, the grains you're eating. So here's the thing. We got to watch out for the carbohydrates we eat that are grain sourced. We have to watch out for the fats that we eat, making sure they're healthy. We have to make sure we're eating the right salts and not poisoning our body with the wrong salts. And how about this? Everything you need about salt and its history and cholesterol and blood pressure is inside the free ebook that we're giving away today. The link above or the link below will let you download it for free right now. All we need is name, phone, and email. Boom, it's sent to you. The thank you page will have a download link and you also get free access to a masterclass I'm hosting. If you are someone who wants to get rid of medications for high blood pressure, cholesterol, palpitations, arrhythmias, a heart health issue, tune in to the event. It is free. Okay, what about this? Did you know that vitamin and mineral deficiencies could be the cause of your high blood pressure? What are the top ones that are connected to this? Potassium deficiency. Inadequate potassium levels disrupt the sodium-potassium balance at your kidney, which can lead to retention of sodium. So even though you might not be eating the salt, your kidneys might be holding the sodium back and you lead increased in blood pressure. 
if you're potassium deficient, what do we need to eat to get more potassium? Don't think bananas. That's what everybody says. Dr. Ernst, uh, I want to eat a banana because it's good in potassium. No. Avocados have 10 times the amount of potassium than a banana. Bananas are carbohydrates. They are inflamers. They are dangerous in large amounts. So what do we want? We want avocados and spinach. These two greens are loaded with potassium, which you might be deficient in. Magnesium, we know this is a huge one because it relaxes blood vessels. So if you don't have the right amounts of magnesium, your blood vessels constrict. Basic fluid physics, guys. If I take a pipe and I decrease its size, the pressure does what? It goes up. So if your blood vessels are shrinking because your magnesium is deficient, their pressure goes up. The best way to do this is to take magnesium malate in the morning and magnesium glycinate in the night. Glycinate helps you sleep. Malate helps you get revved up and going, and it lowers blood pressure. The major sources of magnesium-rich foods, you're going to love this. Ready? Brrr, raw, dark chocolate. It's got to be over 80%, and it has to be dark, no milk, dark, raw Chocolate's the greatest source of magnesium that I know of. Also, almonds, spinach, pumpkin seeds, black beans, all great sources, okay? So could it just be your magnesium deficient? What about calcium? Calcium's a big deal for the heart. It's an essential nutrient that is needed to maintain the blood vessels, and low calcium can cause high blood pressure. Now, I know what you're going to say. Oh, Dr. Ernst, guess what? I get my calcium from milk and cheese. No, that's fake calcium they add to it. I don't know if you know this or not. Dairy by volume is naturally low in calcium. Like if you were to milk a cow and measure the calcium in the cow's milk, it's low. So we thought as brilliant human beings, uh, well, God made a mistake then. We're going to add more calcium. Here comes a sneeze. It's live. I'm so sorry. Oh, I could push it. Nope. Oh, I thought I could push it back. I did. Sorry for that. Magnesium. Calcium. Dairy. No. Stay away from dairy, guys. It's highly toxic, inflammatory. It'll make your blood pressure go up. Leafy green vegetables. Leafy green vegetables. You can also get calcium from fish that have bones. Obviously, most fish have bones, but meaning like leave the bones in when you cook it. The bones will absorb, the, the flesh will absorb the calcium from the bones as you cook it. It's a fun fact if you didn't know that. And uh, dark green leafy vegetables. Wait, 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 Dr. Ernst, like, uh, I thought cows give us calcium. Well, guys, where do the cows get the calcium from, right? Do they drink milk only when they're babies? So what do they eat? They eat grass and they eat greens and they eat herbs. So if they get the calcium from the ground, you should too. Calcium comes from plants, green leafy vegetables. What about vitamin D? Could a vitamin D deficiency cause high blood pressure? You bet it can, and it's a big major cause. It has been directly associated with hypertension. If you're less than 50, you're at risk for hypertension. If you're less than 30, you more than likely have hypertension. So can we take it as a supplement? Yes. Can we also eat the fish that are fatty that are loaded with vitamin D, like salmon and sardines and anchovies? And can we do eggs and egg yolks? Yes. The last and final, because you need to know this, is vitamin K deficiencies. K can pro cause problems with blood viscosity. Think of it like the thickness of it. If you have thick blood, it's hard for your heart to push the blood. So push, right? So if you have adequate levels of vitamin K, 
You can prevent clotting, sticking of the blood cells together, etc., and it can kind of thin your blood naturally. Now, word of caution, if you're taking Plavix, Eliquis, a blood thinner, please, for the love of God, do not go out and gorge yourself on spinach, broccoli, and Brussels sprouts because you can actually double thin your blood. You're taking a medication to thin it. You're eating the vegetables that thin it. Hopefully, you understand this concept. If your doctor says, hey, uh, don't eat spinach, broccoli, Brussels, and other high vitamin K foods when you're taking your thinner because we could thin it too much, you might say, well, doc, could I just eat those foods and not take the med? And they're going to say, oh, no, 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 no. That doesn't work. But it does. That's why they tell you not to do it. So kale, spinach, broccoli, Brussels are all great sources of naturally occurring vitamin K. But here's my question to you. Have you ever actually tested your vitamins to see your levels? See, most people don't do this. Your doctor will test your blood pressure, they'll test your cholesterol, they'll test your triglycerides, and they'll say the relationship of your heart health. If you really want to know about your heart health, we test vitamins, we test minerals, we test toxins, we test your gut, and then lastly, the final portion of our show today, we test your spine. What? What does my spine have to do with my heart and blood pressure? Well, you must understand the following word, subluxation, and you've got to know about your vagus nerve. Vagus is cranial nerve 10, guys. It's a parasympathetic nerve. Now, again, see big words. It's a nerve that slows things down. So isn't high blood pressure elevations of pressure? Let's go back to our Gaussian curve. Isn't it when you have too much? Well, again, remember we said not always. You could be a plus one, plus two, plus three, but let's go way over here. 160 over 115. I don't care who you are, that's high. So if you have 116 over 115, what if it's because the vagus nerve has lost communication to your heart to say, hey, heart, slow down? That's what your vagus nerve does, among a lot of other things. The vagus nerve has been shown to regulate the pressure of your heart. So if I cut the vagus nerve in half, pop. The heart starts beating really fast, the pressure goes off the charts, and the heart actually explodes, and you can die. No joke. It'll actually go, all right? It goes north of 200 for a beat, and it goes north of 200 for pressure because your brain just lost connection. Imagine if I were to grab this microphone and just unplug it. Ready? I'm going to do it. Three, two, one. because I unplugged the microphone. Now I just plugged it back in and what can you do? You can hear me. So when you disconnect your heart from your nervous system, the heart can't hear your brain and your brain says, hey, slow down. It's like the mom, right? The kids are running by the swimming pool, slow down, right? Like the parents, slow down, you're driving too fast, slow down. So the brain is always trying to slow things down, slows the heart down. So if the nerve is damaged, your heart will beat fast, tachycardia, your pressure will go up, high blood pressure. Your cholesterol will go up, hypercholesterolemia. Do you see it? Your vagus nerve regulates your heart. So what do the studies show? Subluxation, which is a misalignment of your skull, occiput and atlas, squeezes the vagus nerve, decreasing its function, and blood pressure goes up. I'm not joking on this. They are study upon study upon study showing when you get the right kind of chiropractic care and you release the vagus nerve, blood pressure drops. The University of Chicago did a study years ago. More than two medications would need to be consumed to get the equal level of drop from a chiropractic adjustment. I'm going to let that sit in. 
one chiropractic adjustment to the neck done properly to lift the cranium and to drop the atlas and open the space for the vagus nerve was the equivalent of two medications. Do you guys understand this? It takes medicine, two drugs with lots of side effects and toxicities to pull off what one chiropractic adjustment can do. This is profound. Research is exploring currently the, the relationship between chiropractic care, specifically fixing the upper cervical alignment and blood pressure regulation. So much so that articles are now saying chiropractic care should be investigated as a potential natural treatment, if you will, for blood pressure. If you have high blood pressure, you should go to chiropractor first. And only if the chiropractor can't get your vagus nerve reset and your pressure to drop, should you then seek alternatives, which in my book is now change your diet, change the nutrients, fix your salt, fix your fats. If that doesn't work, then maybe you need a medication, but the likelihood of that is less than 1%. Hey, I hope you found today's show to be fun, informative, helpful. Make sure, please share this. This is online only. So like somewhere around here is probably a comment section that says like, do that. Then there'll be one that says share, do that. Then there's one that says comment. I would love to hear from you and see, have previous shows helped? Did this show help? Are you wanting some more advice? Look, download our ebook, guys. Everything I just talked about today is in here. Plus, I'm going to tease you a secret at-home test. I'm going to read it. At-home cardiac exam, more accurate than blood pressure, cholesterol, and triglycerides. You can buy this $52.79 device and measure your heart health better than what your doctors can do, and it's an at-home test. And I've given you, there was the tease, I've given you the ability to interpret the results. Everything you need is here. It's free, and will you get it? And will you join me on the 10th of February so we can show you how to fix your heart health? If you know someone in your family or your circle of influence that has high blood pressure, cholesterol issues, a fatty liver, is taking something for their heart, a palpitation arrhythmia, a skipped beat, a you name it, share this with them, share last week's show with them, and encourage them to join you on the masterclass. Thanks for tuning in today. We go back to regular live streaming on the airways and back to, again, weekly streaming because the Tar Heels are apparently done with all their games, so they say, and uh, we're back on airways next Saturday. Uh, once again, like, share, comment. Let's spread this message around. If you have a heart health issue and you need some guidance and advice, connect with us. Download the ebook, join us for the event, and I look forward to seeing you guys every week like we do with the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. Until next time, be blessed. Have a great day.